How's everybody doing? Welcome to worship. Glad you're here this day as we have a special day of recognition for our graduates as well. So I will go over some of those instructions as we commission our graduates a little bit later. And we have a slideshow shortly as well. So it's going to be a good day. If you would take out your bulletins uh, in the back as a tear-off portion. If you're a guest, we'd ask you to fill out the blue side and put it in the offering plate as it goes by in a few minutes. And uh, anything you'd like to know about Mechanicsville Baptist, we'd love to follow up with you on that. On the other side, the decision information side at the bottom is a place for prayer requests. Anything you'd like to pray for, you do not have to put your names on it. Just put it in, and we pray each Tuesday in staff with you, for you. Um, on the back are opportunities for the week. I'll make mention of some of these. Uh, this morning, right after this service, is a called business meeting. 12.15, I guess that means some people can leave and come back in, but stay around for that business meeting, 12.15. Uh, and then tonight, we do have our encounter service at 5, uh, handbells and youth at 6. It's in the bulletin. <laughs> there are no handbells. You're making me look terrible, Linda. Just kidding, just kidding. I don't care. I don't care. Um, yeah. Uh, and then uh, this week, Tuesday, 1030, Women on Mission. And Wednesday, we want to make, mention the 11 o'clock midweek Bible study has been canceled. Tim will talk more about the reasons for that, but there's no 11 a.m. Bible study. But Wednesday night, we are having our Awana's end of uh, year awards and celebration time. So we ask everybody in the church to come out. We're going to be in the pavilion this Wednesday at 530 with a cookout with hamburgers. We're going to have um, ice cream and cake as well to celebrate our Awanas, but it'll be a good time of fellowship and you'll get to see all the, the things the Awanas did throughout the year and uh, we had a wonderful time together. You get to uh, celebrate with them, them finishing their first year of Awanas at Mechanicsville Baptist. Uh, then Friday we are leaving for uh, the campground for our Father's Day camping weekend at 4. Everybody who's coming, we're just meeting at the campground and we still have room if you would like to come. We would love to have you join us. Where'd Tim go? Oh, I was going to say, is there other announcements? He doesn't know. All right. So anyway, welcome again. And uh, as Linda plays, we are going to have our graduates process in. page 386 we'll have our joint call to worship so if you'll have that ready brethren we have met to worship that's what we're doing today we're all joining in to worship so have that ready the choir is going to sing and while we sing you're going to stand up and you're going to greet each other and and tell everybody how happy we are to be here 
and make sure that you notice any of, any of our visitors here. So please stand, have your hymnals ready at 386, chat with each other, say hello. Father, we come to you this day, and we are grateful for the opportunity it is to lift up and worship the name of Jesus. God, we pray for this service. We thank you for our graduates. We thank you for the families, and we pray your blessings upon it. God, we thank you that uh, your Holy Spirit is with us, and we pray that everything we do brings honor and glory to your name. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We are going to sing together hymn number 585, Count Your Blessings. It's a perfect song for graduation Sunday, as we all know. I'm sure some of you out there remember what it was like when you graduated, whether it was high school or college. It's, it's an exciting time, a great time, but it can be a nervous time, just kind of wondering what your life is going to be like and what changes are going to happen. I love this verse. It's, it says, when upon life's billows your tempest tossed. And I'm sure right now some of you might be feeling a little tossed up in your life. But you know what? You can count God's blessings, and that's what it's all about. So we're going to all stand together, hymn 585, and sing, Count Your Blessings. When upon life's billows you are tempted, tossed, when you are discouraged, thinking, all in 
Ask you at this time to take out your insert with our 2018 graduates in it, and we are going to have a time of recognition and commissioning for our graduates at this time. Uh, we are going to ask you to be involved, and I'll give some instructions on that shortly. Uh, but I wanted to read from Colossians 1 as we start. Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been cre created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. We, as we have our graduates being recognized and commissioned, we have one sure truth. Jesus is everything. That we know for certain. And that your lives were created 
by him and for him. And that is great news because Jesus holds us together. Jesus is going to hold you together. He has held you together to the point where you are today, and he will hold you together for what he has in store. Follow Jesus. He is everything. As we look at our graduates, we know that uh, God has great plans for them because Jesus has great plans for them because they were created in his image and were called for a purpose. And as they go forth from here, we know that this is just the beginning and that where they go, whom they encounter, and how they live will be seen in God's sovereign plan and how they glorify Jesus from this day forward. So through the ups, through the downs, through the highs and through the lows, from this day forward, make Jesus your everything, and he will not fail you because that is who he is. You have your list of your graduates here in your program. We are going to show the slideshow. Then we are going to call them up, give them a gift of recognition, and then we're going to ask you all to pray over them. Uh, and how this will work will be we'll have half of them over in this area and half of them come over this area, and we're going to have you come down during uh, while Linda plays, and we're going to have you pray over any of the graduates that you want to pray over. Now, we did this last year, and it's fine if you want to do one-on-one -on -one and you want to share a word with them, but it's also fine if you want to come and just put your hand on the shoulder and pray over them while somebody else is praying or talking with a graduate. That's more than appropriate. So you guys are going to get some attention. Just be ready for that. Um, but yeah, the most important thing we can do is as a church body to send them out into the world with all the strength in which his spirit can provide. So let's show our slideshow, and then we'll have our recognition time. True. 
All right, we're going to uh, call up our graduates one at a time. Hold your applause till they're all up here. I think that would be the best way to do it. And as we line them up, uh, Gretchen is going to hand them a gift. In the bag is a keychain and a book called Just Do Something. And I'm, I'm saying this just from reading the book myself. It's a book that talks about making decisions in life in a godly way. And it's one of the best go-to books where if you decide who you're going to marry, where you're going to go, what job you're going to take, how you're going to live, easy, wonderful biblical book to follow. So the book's in there. So I would challenge you guys to read that and take it back out every time you face tough decisions in life. Um, and then as we line them up and give them their gifts, we can give God a round of applause for our graduates. And then we're going to have half over here and half over here. And you're welcome to come forward and commission them, pray over them as they go into the world. We will start with our high school graduates for 2018. And if I mispronounce any names, it's Gretchen's fault. <laughs> All right. We've got Bailey Broughton, Lee Davis High School, right over here. Hold your applause, hold your applause. Yes, there we go. All right. Patrick, yeah, just right up over there is great. Go ahead and stay up here with us, Bailey, and we'll line them up. Yeah, you can set your gifts down after you get them if you need. There you go. That's right. That's your fault, too, probably. No. All right, Patrick Chodorov. Is that right, Chodorov? All right, good. Hanover High School. Thomas Fisher, Atley High School. Alex Jones, who was in the early service with us, also graduated from Hanover High School. Braden Lambert, Lee Davis. Tyler Mills, Hanover High School. Jennifer Overbeck, Lee Davis. Kelly Pritchett, Atley High. Courtney Rosser, Hanover High. Hunter Souter. King William High School, and Carter Mann uh, could not be here today, but he is also graduating from Lee Davis High School. So let's give God a round of applause for our high school graduates of 2018. And then for our 2018 college graduates, we have Luke Coley from Liberty University, not with us this morning, Megan Hester, Liberty University. Sarah Grace Hines, Randolph-Macon, could not be with us. And Jordan Mills, Liberty University. And Megan Rosser, University of Virginia. So let's give our college graduates a round of applause. 
thanking our Lord for the life in which they live and thanking our Lord for them being a blessing to us. We will now ask our, our let's go, uh, you four and you two go to this side and you guys go over to that side. Just kind of spread yourselves out a little bit. It's going to be a little awkward, uncomfortable, but it's a wonderful experience. If you don't want somebody touching you, saying stranger danger, whatever it might be. <laughs> All right. Uh, so what we're going to do is, as led by the Spirit, you don't have to come forward. Come forward and just say a prayer over the graduates, say a word of appreciation to them. And if they're engrossed in some fellowship with somebody, just go up behind them, set your hand on their shoulder, pray for them while it's going on. So you might hear multiple things going on in your ears, graduates, and that's fine. But the body of Christ is to pray for one another. And as they go into this world, we are called to commission and send them out, representing our Lord Jesus Christ as ambassadors. So it's a wonderful blessing as a congregation to be able to do this. So uh, let me say a word of prayer for them, and then have you all come as you feel led. Father God, again, we give you praise for this graduating class of 2018. We thank you for those who are before us and for those who could not be here on this Sunday. God, we thank you that you have such great plans for them and that, Lord Jesus, you care for each and every one of them and that you are with them as they go from this place, whether they stay here, whether they go to another city, whether they go to another state, or whether they go around this world, God, you are going to be with them everywhere they go. And God, you have a plan. So God, we trust as your church that we partner with them as you lead. God, we pray that these prayers would not be made in vain and that you hear each and every one of them. And as a church, we want your best for these students and for these disciples. God, we pray for this time. We pray that they're commissioned and sent in a way that glorifies you. And we give you praise for this opportunity. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. As Linda plays, feel free to come on down. Don't free, feel you have to go in order. If you want to come around behind and go this side, just whoever's free, come and pray over them.
thank you for participating, and uh, I appreciate you willing to come forward and pray over those. And those who didn't, we were praying for you as well. So as a church family, we are excited to hear and see what God does in the days and weeks and months and years ahead. Trust him and follow him. And I heard a couple people say they weren't going to cry, but they did. And that's okay. It's okay. So give, uh, give our Lord one more round of applause for our graduates. And you are welcome to take your gift and sit with your families for the remainder of the service. Go ahead and grab your gifts and you can sit with your families. And uh, Leslie? You'll get out your hymnals. We'll be singing very familiar song, It Is Well With My Soul, page 447. And we will be singing, if you listen carefully, Linda, I'm going to change it up a little bit. We're going to sing all four verses and only do the chorus the one time at the end. All right? So please stand. Hymn 447, we'll sing all four verses first, then we'll say the chorus a cappella at the end. Ooh. Let's do something different this morning.
Here's a man standing. Shall we pray? Gracious and loving Father, into your presence we bow, asking that you receive this offering. Bless us, Father, as we seek to give to you. Help us, Father, to recognize that in life, as we follow you, it indeed is well with our souls. Accept our praise and our adoration and our gifts given in the name of Jesus. Amen.
many of you already know that one of our members, Kitty Yarbrough, passed away yesterday. Uh, and I know the arrangements for the uh, service and so forth. The visitation will be at Monaghan Funeral Home on Tuesday from 2 to 4 p.m. and then 6 to 8 p.m. And the funeral service will be here on Wednesday at noon. So uh, just letting you know that that is the case. And that is the reason for um, the canceled uh, prayer meeting at 11 o'clock on that Wednesday. So uh, be in prayer for Wally and the rest of the family as they deal with the loss of Kitty. Kitty had a very uh, serious stroke uh, a week ago Friday and did not recover from that stroke. So uh, we want to remember the family uh, in our prayers this morning, particularly and also in these upcoming days. Let's bow for prayer. Eternal God, we come before you with thanksgiving in our hearts for the gift of prayer. Thanking you, Father, for the opportunity earlier in this service for others to come and to pray. Thanking you for each of these graduates who have reached a milestone in their lives. But recognizing, Father, that this is only the beginning. For there is a lifetime ahead of them in service. We're thankful, Father, that you have blessed them and blessed their families and have given them the health and the well-being to make it to this milestone. We're thankful for the academic abilities, for the teachers and all of those who assisted them and taught them along the way, for their parents and grandparents. We are grateful, Father, that as we come to this church, we also know that through the church, there is growth and learning. For you show us the way. Help us, Father, to commit our futures, each of our futures, to you as we seek to serve you. We're grateful, Father, that in the midst of sorrow, we can come to you. And so we pray, Father, for the Yarborough family and the loss of Kitty. We're thankful for the years that she was with us and for her faithfulness and her testimony before you. We're thankful that we can honor her in these next few days and remember her. But as we remember, Father, may we remember with joy in our hearts because she is your child. For those, Father, who are ill, we lift them before you. For those, Father, who are seeking peace in their lives, we give them to you. We're grateful for our missionaries who made decisions to go and to tell. Bless them. As we open your word, Father, may we listen for a word from you that will challenge us and give us a new perspective. We make this prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Because I'm happy 
should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and long for heaven and home when Jesus is my portion, my constant friend is he. Give way. 
Our scripture lesson this morning is found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Under the heading, you can have a happy family, but it also can be applied to each of us as individuals. And I think you will see that this fits well with uh, Graduate Sunday. So beginning at verse 25 of chapter 6, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than these or than they? Which of you by worry can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Dr. Viktor Frankl, author of the book Man's Search for Meaning, was imprisoned by the Nazis in World War II because he was a Jew. His wife, his children, and his parents were all killed in the Holocaust. The Gestapo made him strip. He stood there totally naked. As they cut away his wedding band, Victor said to himself, You can take away my wife. You can take away my children. You can strip me of my clothes and my freedom. But there is one thing no person can ever take away from me. And that is my freedom to choose how I will react to what happens to me. Even under the most difficult of circumstances, happiness is a choice which transforms our tragedies into triumph. The world seeks after happiness. We look for happiness everywhere we possibly can. And in many ways, the world tries to define what happiness is for each of us, only to elude us. You might wonder about the worthiness of setting a goal for your family's happiness or for your personal happiness. As you graduate, this is one of the happiest times in your life, but also one of the most difficult times in your life because there are decisions that have to be made concerning your future. Decisions that you make today can affect you for many years to come. So it's important that we have the right prescription, the right attitude, the right way of seeking what is most important. Happiness is certainly not the goal of the gospel for our lives. Obedience to God must always take precedence over the fleeting pleasures of life and sin. But if we define happiness as a sense of well-being, of contentment, of joyful purpose in living, then happiness is at least what most people are looking for in life. We want contentment. 
In today's scripture reading, Jesus has not dismissed happiness as a superficial desire, but rather focuses on how an individual and a family can have true happiness. We don't have to be anxious about life, although we often are. There is a way to find happiness in the midst of our living, and Jesus wants us to find it. But first we need to recognize that we can miss happiness in a frantic effort to gain it for ourselves and for our family. Anxiety over things like food and clothing is unnecessary, unprofitable, and evil. Because Jesus made it very clear in the Gospel of Matthew, if God cares for the birds of the air, He can be trusted to care for us. If He gives life, He can sustain it. Anxiety is unprofitable, for thereby one does not add one cubit to his span of life. Although cubit is a linear measure, about 18 inches, the reference may refer here to length of life. Anxiety is more likely to shorten life than to lengthen it. The heaviest charge against anxiety over food and clothing is not that it is unnecessary and unprofitable, but that it is evil. It reflects a lack of faith in God. The world will let you down. People will let you down. But God will remain faithful to you throughout your life. One man was asked, What troubles him most in life? He answers, the things that never happened. Striving for material things over the spiritual can make us anxious. Striving to get ahead in life, striving to do what others think is necessary for us to do can create anxiety in our lives and paralyze our futures. But what are some of the ways we miss having a happy family? We miss having a happy family when we are never satisfied with what we have. It is fine to be people of vision and anticipation for the future, but we shouldn't miss the taste of now and the colors of the present moment. Happiness is not some magical state of existence that we finally discover over the next mountain of life. Happiness happens to you along the way in the midst of life itself. People who seek happiness on the other side of the mountain are those who try to find the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. They will never find it. The tragic truth is that many families run right past happiness in the search for it somewhere else. Don't miss the gift of joy of a child's smile. Don't miss the explosion of wonder a child's question can set off in your heart. Don't miss the gift of love your spouse can bring to you today. You will miss the moment if you're not paying attention. And graduates, you will miss life if you're constantly struggling to get ahead without stopping to realize where you are each day. We miss having a happy family when we value happiness too much. If you would rather be happy than committed to one another, if you would rather be happy than courageous, if you would rather be happy than responsible, if you would rather be happy than right, then you will never really be happy at all. Husbands and wives who value happiness more than sincere effort together in fidelity and love will not be happy for long. 
People who seek happiness in one marriage or affair after another are deceived into believing that happiness is a gift someone else can give when in truth happiness must come from within. We miss having a happy family when we are not willing to do God's will. If we will not seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, He cannot add to us the needs and desires of our hearts. Escape from anxiety over things is found in giving first place to God's kingdom and His righteousness. Always remember that verse. Matthew chapter 6 verse 34. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And everything else will find its proper perspective. The assurance that to those who seek first the kingdom and His righteousness will in addition to be given all these things is to be balanced with the warning that sacrifice, privation, and even the cross belong to discipleship. Considering both the promise and the warning, one may understand that the disciples' part is unconditional submission to the rule of Christ with the assurance that what is required of us in fulfilling our calling and discipleship will be provided. God's will does not always lead us to easy tasks or give us smiles and laughter. Sometimes we walk with Him through the darkness of suffering or in the outer reaches of rejection as we seek to follow Him. But the testimony of Christians is that deep joy can be known in obedience and faithfulness to His will. Hear Paul as he says in Romans 8.18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. As a disciple, we may in fact experience fullness or hunger, but in Christ we will find His sufficiency. It's important to remember that life will throw at us all kinds of things that we do not expect in our homes, in our families, at work, in our personal lives. And the best way to be prepared for them is to seek to follow God's will. But what are ways we can have a happy family? We can have a happy family when we value each other. Look at these verses. Our heavenly Father feeds the birds of the air in verse 26. But what about us? He values us more than the birds so we can be sure He will care for us. We are given value by our Creator and no one can take that value from us. People are happy when each member of the family recognizes the values of every other member. People are unhappy in their homes when they don't treasure one another. Life is a gift to be treasured. Life is a gift given to each of us to nurture and to give back to God. We are each God's gift to the other members of our family and it may not always feel that way. God stands behind the value of every person and guarantees it. The next time we are tempted to ignore our children or shout at our spouse or ridicule someone's efforts, we should remember that we are dealing with someone God loves and has created and shared with us for our joy and fulfillment. And it won't always be that way. God values us so much that He sent His Son to die for us. That's how much He values our lives. And we look at life sometimes as being disposable in the world in which we find ourselves. But your life is important. Your life matters. It matters to God. 
We can have a happy family when we understand that life is more than externals. Life is more than food and drink, clothes and shelter. As important as they are, they are not the goal of life. It is ironic that in most Christian congregations, talk about food, clothing and houses is a discussion of status symbols, while in much of the world that same discussion is a debate about survival. It isn't just food, but dining at the right restaurants. It isn't just a pair of jeans, but designer jeans. It isn't just a house, but the address that we're interested in. God save us from explaining our poor giving habits by pleading that our bills are so high when much of our world does not have the luxury of even having bills. A happy family puts sufficient emphasis on the necessities and desires of life to provide motivation for work and thrift, but it is not consumed by a passion for gadgets and expensive toys, nor by anxiety about life's essentials. One of the first things that you're targeted with when you graduate from college is a credit card. Someone wants your money. And they begin early. Jesus asserts that the Father knows we need these things and will provide them. They are so important that God will not leave their provisions entirely up to us. He intends to provide for His own. And He does. We can have a happy family when we find the purpose in life God has for our family. When a family sees itself as a unit of love and service that can be offered to God for His use in blessing and redeeming the world, that family is on its way to happiness. Happiness is what happens to us when we are doing God's will. A family is happy when its members are fully committed to seeking the kingdom of God first. This verse reminds us of the necessity of setting priorities for life. If God and His will are first, nothing can be above or before Him. When God is at the center of life, everything else fits in its place. Parents can help their children if by example and precept they teach them how to live loving God as they love nothing else and loving their neighbor as they love themselves. Always remember that. Love God first. And then you can love your neighbor. Verse 34 adds the warning against borrowing tomorrow's troubles for today. Jesus does not forbid foresight, but he does warn against burdening today with anxiety over the unknown problems of the future. We must not destroy ourselves by anxiety over a future which we cannot control. We must trust God who alone knows the future. We must trust God to lead in our families. We know the story of the man with the barn. He had so much, he decided that he was going to tear the barn down and build another barn so that it could contain what he had. And in the process, he forgot to live. And that night, Jesus said his soul would be required of him. We live today. This is the day that the Lord has made. And we have a responsibility to live today And tomorrow, if it's given, in God's will. An interesting map is on display in the British Museum in London. It is an old mariner's chart drawn in 1525, outlining the North American coastline and adjacent waters. The cartographer made some intriguing notations on areas of the map that represented regions not yet explored. 
he wrote on the map, here be giants, here be fiery scorpions, and here be dragons. Eventually, the map came into the possession of Sir John Franklin, a British explorer in the early 1800s. Scratching out the fearful inscriptions, he wrote these words across the map where it said, here are the dragons, here are the scorpions, here are the giants. And he wrote, here is God. We all have scorpions and giants and dragons called by different names. And they come to us when we least expect it and sometimes we hit them head on. But remember this. Wherever the scorpions, the dragons, and the giants might be, God is with you. Never forget it. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. You can have a happy family. It won't be easy, but it is possible. You won't be happy every day. There will be times when you go through painful and difficult trials. But by the grace of God, even those moments can contribute to the growing joy and happiness you will find as you live and grow together within His will and loving care. Seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. Verse 33. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, as we bow before you, we are thankful for these challenging words from our Savior. Forgive us, Father, for seeking other things before we seek you. Help us to seek your will. In all that we do. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our hymn of invitation is number 524, Seek First, Seek Ye First. We sing this. As we ask ourselves, are we truly seeking first the kingdom of God? The invitation is open to anyone who would accept Christ as Savior and Lord. Whatever your desire as we stand and sing hymn number 524. We've had an hour and a few minutes full, haven't we? I think we did pretty good, considering I started at 10 till. So I'm grateful that you're here today. 
Uh, remember, we have a little business to take care of. Uh, if you are after the benediction, uh, if you're visiting with us and you would like to leave, you're welcome to do so. There's nothing secretive about what we're going to do, but uh, you, you're not required to stay, and uh, if you'd like to go, you may go. Uh, I will say that Alan will come to the pulpit after I pronounce the uh, benediction. I uh, have a wedding this afternoon at 4.30, and John Hare was here, and John is the groom, but he's left. He just went out. I knew they were going to have to go out because they need to be at the venue earlier than we need to be there, and it's about an hour away. So we congratulate uh, him on his wedding day and glad that they came and a couple of the groomsmen were with him, Kevin, to be with us in worship today. What a way to start your wedding day in the house of the Lord, worshiping with other Christians. Let's bow for a benediction. Gracious and eternal God, as we depart on a day that you've given to us, help us to put into practice the words that we've heard from your scripture, to seek first your kingdom and to come to you, Father, and seek your will for our lives. Thank you for the love shown to us through Jesus Christ and for the hope that rests in knowing him and knowing, Father, that joy is found in loving and serving you. In the name of Jesus, amen.